You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey guys, welcome back to Cards to the Moon. This is episode 143, and my name is Clark from 5cardguys.com and 5cardguys on Instagram. With me, as usual, is John, who is Trade You at Recess, and our friend Will is back, filling in for Hyung again this week. All right, before we begin, uh, just a quick shout out to Ryan Olson for listening to our episode last week and leaving his feedback on Spotify. We always appreciate any kind of feedback and Ryan was honest enough to say the topic of breaking in the hobby isn't something he likes to listen to, but he is aware others are into it. So we appreciate your understanding. That said, sorry, Ryan, we're going to talk about breaking just briefly off the top again, (laughs) because because I just wanted to point out an article actually that came out on ESPN.com titled The Controversial Rise and Uncertain Future of Box Breaks. Definitely worth reading, in my opinion. It touches on the inventor of the box break, which I found interesting. How Leighton pulled that one-of-one Doncic card, I think back in 2019, which is now worth over a million dollars. And as well in the article, it um, talks about how the popularity of breaking online didn't happen in a vacuum. The writer, he says, quote, The human desire to watch other people open up things have become a new phenomenon in the mid 2000s and it wasn't just sports memorabilia right end quote so he talks about like unboxing videos which is still popular today yep. on youtube yep. and other social media platforms right so anyway i want to ask you guys first do you still watch breaks on youtube although you're not part of the break and do you guys still find it entertaining i haven't watched a break in quite a while actually hmm. obviously i think we get feeds of top 10 breaks or some crazy hit that happened. Uh, that's all of our stories. So obviously what we're going to watch, uh, these little five second clips of some big hits. But other than that, I haven't actually watched, watched a break in a while. Mm, okay. How about you, Will? Yeah. For me, um, I might watch a couple breaks on like release date or something like that, just so I could get a sense of what that set or yeah. that series is looking like. But like, you know, when I'm at work and I'm, just doing some like administrative work and I can put something on in the background. You know, I always go float between the office or I just put on like just something like more entertaining box breaks, like uh, striker breaks or stuff mm. like that. He's not really breaking for people a lot of times. He's just breaking his, like he's just ripping open packs. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. So that's, I'll watch those every once in a while. Yeah, if Hyung was here, I'm sure he he probably watches the most breaks out of all of us. Cause but he that's because he's part- in on all of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, like sends, yeah. he sends yeah. us links. He's like, hey, if you guys are bored, watch my break. <laughs> I, have the, I have the Phillies or I have the Reds. And we're such losers. Like half of our group is watching it. Yeah. <laughs> and the hey, video is so grainy. And you're like, did you hit something? I can't tell. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely uh, the gambler in the group. And, yeah. uh, uh, you, you know, I was going to say, like, 
I used to make fun of people watching others play video games, like on Twitch or even, you know, in real life when we're growing up. And it's like, how, how, how much fun is that? But now I find myself kind of still doing a similar thing with watching other people open packs that don't belong to me. Right. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, I haven't watched one recently, but I do just like you will, whenever there's a new release and I'm thinking about buying a box, I want to see like what kind of hits come out of other people opening exactly. up that same yeah. box. Right. And I don't know if this makes me a bad person. But when they don't hit anything good, I'm like, yes. Then, you know, like, <laughs> the one I get has a better chance <laughs> of getting a better hit. Uh, so <laughs> or, you know, but, uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's more common that you're not going to see major hits out of these breaks. Obviously, just playing the odds, right? But, right. but yeah. And, you know, I, I do film some of my, like, even my blaster box openings just in case and and um, a lot of those videos, I don't even, I don't even post up because it's just like the worst box ever. You know, yeah. I, I, I take a photo of my hits and I showed you guys like the one I just did recently with my Mega Box Tops Heritage. That was garbage, right? Mm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is a funny, funny feeling when you're so excited, and then after the break, you're like, oh, just that. Depressed it's always, feeling. it's always regret. Regret. That's yeah. right. Yeah, or yeah. disappointment. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, definitely read uh, the article. Um, it's really uh, interesting article about just the beginning of the box break and how, how prevalent it is today in the hobby. Okay, let's go on to hobby headlines. So I got the idea for today's hobby headlines segment after I saw a photo on Twitter of a man in a retail store, I think it was Walmart, who seemed to be weighing blaster boxes with his mini scale okay and he's presumably trying to find the hit in each box thinking that thicker cards you know or the the hits which are generally thicker cards would make the box weigh a little bit more than a regular non-hit box right so starting with this example i'm going to ask you if you think this is fair game or if it's wrong or just bad hobby etiquette all right so and I'll have a few more examples after this. So it'll be kind of fun what we what we think of each situation. So who wants to go first with this first example of, of um, you know, we've seen it before, I'm sure, on social media. People <laughs> searching packs or looking for boxes yeah. using any advantage they could. Yep. Yeah. Bad That's etiquette like for me. Slightly, yeah. Bad etiquette? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll continue. Sorry. Sorry, well, I'll go first. Yeah, I think it's bad. I Is it illegal? No. Is it... Uh, frowned upon by the hobby obviously um mm-hmm. so i think it, it, it classifies as um i'm gonna say i'm just gonna say it's bad etiquette fair enough how about you will what i what i really appreciate about that guy i don't know him mm-hmm. but i know him that guy <laughs> he mm-hmm. didn't bring that digital scale with him he went to the electronic section at walmart and grabbed a digital That's scale. Awesome. <laughs> then he went over to the battery center. No, he picked didn't. up a couple AA batteries, plugged Come it on. in, walked over to the card section. So he had zero cost. That's the type of guy <laughs> that would be weighing packs at a Walmart. I mean, it's slightly better than the people who molest packs and are like feeling around for. 
right. I don't know, some sort of hint. Uh, what's crazy is the Topps Heritage Packs. Those ones are like transparent. The cover, the uh, wrapper's a mm-hmm. little bit transparent. So I don't know if you yeah. saw that post. Somebody somebody made a post um, maybe last week where they say they, they could see the auto through the yeah. through the wrapper. And so that's it was what, the Lucille Ball. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Cut auto the cut or auto. Like that crazy. Which is crazy yeah. that that would be in just like a, a fat pack or a hanger pack or whatever right. they're called. But yeah, so it's slightly better than those people who will like molest <laughs> the card boxes or card packs. And I mean, it's way better than the people who are just straight ripping packs in the Walmart. Like, I don't know if you've True. ever seen the like in those aisles. I've seen that. It's just like cards yeah just ripped open cards and it's so bad i'd like to say i'd like to say it's kids but it's never the kids (laughs) it's always grown man yeah it's a grown man (laughs) who didn't buy a digital scale (laughs) he just took it from the (laughs) section i'm telling you yeah so pure bad etiquette pure like just terrible terrible you know when when we were kids and you feel around the packs you know we had opportunities to do that and, and like I think all of us can sit here and say that as a kid, you probably would have done it. Like if you had the opportunity to know the difference between mm. an upper deck pack that had uh, nothing versus an upper deck pack that had King Griffey, you you know damn well we're all going to take sure. advantage as kids, right? <laughs> the difference now, I think, yeah. when you're a kid trying to go for that hit because it's of the hobby or for your collection, uh, I don't know if it makes mm. it any better, but it's... Not as sleazy. I don't know. I think now you can obviously like these. It's not kids going for their collection. It's grown adults looking to get the kaboom hit and then quickly flip it and sell it and, and make that ROI. Right. So, yeah, yeah it's it's different, definitely different. Sure. Yeah, I think so. Guys, guys. Yeah, I have to. Well, first of all, we said that we weren't going to do a longer episode and that I was going to try <laughs> not to go on so many tangents. But I have to confess something. When I was a kid... You're the guy in the photo? What? No, no, I'm not the <laughs> guy kidding. in the photo. Thank God. <laughs> they <Yeah>. got me. <laughs> um, when I was a kid in the aisle of Walmart, or maybe it was Zellers, um, mm-hmm. there was a ripped open package of Pogs. Remember Pogs? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was hockey Pogs. And I'm pretty sure... I took like a Sandy's Ozolinch. Remember that guy? Yeah. Sandy's <laughs> I'm pretty sure I took I'm I'm pretty sure I took a pog and it was already ripped open and I was like, well <laughs> I might as well just take it because <laughs> it was just on the floor. Who knows? I was trying to reason, like that's, as an eight year old, like that, oh, justify. Yeah. Well, right? yeah, it's not that, really theft. That's not etiquette, that's theft. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's goes straight in the, theft. That's wrong. Has, yeah. That's straight theft, right? Like I should go. To, what's yeah. the statute of limitations on stealing a yeah. two cent pog from the mm. I think, early? I think 90s. you're safe now, but yeah. But wow, well, uh, so I'm I can't just slightly. You've been I'm just saying, I'm slightly better, only slightly, <laughs> or maybe I'm slightly worse <laughs> think, yeah. than the. Uh, the, the, the difference guy. it's you're talking about the difference of should I weigh this pack or should I just take the entire just pack? <laughs> no I only took one I only took one just one okay just one I didn't take the blaster the the metal what were they called blasters 
or no? I don't know. Oh, that the, the, oh, yeah. the actual right. I know Sla- saying, slammer? slammer, slammer, or something. Like that, I hope yeah. I hope you don't edit yeah. out John's comment earlier, and I hope you don't edit out this either. And <laughs> <laughs> this is. A, uh, Oh, unedited uh, episode today dear lord <laughs> all right let's move on yeah that uh, well i appreciate you you know you um finally coming out with the truth yeah. uh, I, I don't know how you lived with that guilt for this long <laughs> but i guess it had to come out <laughs> yeah uh, uh for me uh, it's i'm gonna say it's bad etiquette mm. you know like because you know why because now the manufacturers are tops they'll put like blank cardboard right. stock in the packs, right? To kind of counteract, you know, people that use a scale to weigh and try to find an advantage that way. So, you know, there, there's, it's not foolproof what, the, what that guy is doing. So it's just bad etiquette. And I, I've, on the flip side, I've opened packs where it had that cardboard stock, I think it was a hit, and it's just like a blank cardboard <laughs> paper. <laughs> Uh, the disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that's bad etiquette. Okay. Scenario two. Actually, I saw this question posed by our friend Jeremy Lee, who we actually had on as a guest on our podcast a couple weeks ago. That's such but a great on his episode. Instagram, so good. Yeah. If you missed it, uh, just look back a week or two weeks ago. And uh, yeah, interview with Jeremy Lee is right there. But um, on his Instagram, I think it was yesterday or it might have been earlier today, <laughs> long day, um, he asked whether it's market manipulation to bid on a card that you already have just so it doesn't end up with a much lower comp value. Okay? So that would also mean, of course, you would now have two of the same card. So you're buying it you know, so that it won't end up with a lower comp value, devaluing the card you already have. What it's do you guys a, think? It's 100% okay. I've hundred percent done it multiple times, <laughs> um, okay. and the the difference is why it's not manipulation is there is someone else who is bidding on that card. Like you can't mm. just you can't just bid it up to a certain number if nobody else has a like a comparable max bid. Mm-hmm. You know, if you bought the card at six hundred dollars and now this auction's at like one fifty. You can't get the bid up to $600 again unless someone else is going along the ride, going along there with you. Right. So I don't think it's manipulation. I also think it's kind of like stocks. Like you buy, if you can get a good deal on a stock, you buy it low and then you flip it for more later on. Right. So Hmm. I'm okay with it. I don't think there's anything. Unless you guys have a different thought. I'm, I'm. I'm ready to listen. I think I'm with you. I, th- I think I'm p- perfectly fine with it. You know, if you're attempting to get two of the same card or three of the same card, and we're talking like Lucas Silver with a pop of two thousand, you know, you're the idiot. You're the fool because you ain't you ain't manipulating anything. <laughs> but you know, if you're yeah. a high end collector and you have Shohei's Bowman Chrome Red Auto. Right. And then a second red auto comes out. And let's say you paid a quarter million dollars and that second one pops up and you're willing to pay another quarter million dollars to protect the price. I think it's actually a smart move to protect your original investment, get a second one. And, and the new comp is what you, you paid for the second one. And then now you kind of control the market. Right. right. 
Um, yeah, so I don't, uh, I'm with Will. I, I don't see anything wrong with it. Now, if you have a buddy <laughs> that's playing the game with you on purpose, obviously that's called shill, bi- shill bidding and that's, that's wrong. But I think mm. if you're clearly up against somebody else and you're willing to pay the price, that price is still the price. Like it, even if you paid the price and you bought a second one, that is still market value because you thought you're willing to pay it. Right. So right. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm fine with that. Yeah, uh, I'm fine with it too. I guess it's all in the wording too, like the nuance. It's you, even when you, by you saying you're controlling the market, it, is that market manipulation, True. right? Um, I still, I still think it's okay, but it could, it could still be market mani- manipulation, right? Um, I just don't think there's a overly negative connotation to right. play that game, right? And, and you're taking the risk yourself too. Like you, like you could buy, um, the second card. And then if a third card third right. card comes up, right. you know, um, you, buy you that might one not too. have the funds to buy. <laughs> you keep buying it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're gonna run out of cash, especially if it's on the higher end. So you know, you're doing it at your own risk. So yeah, I, I don't have an issue with it either. Um, but yeah, it's it's a risk uh, for for you. All right, I got scenario three. Okay, um, what do you guys think about? being at a local card show and making a trade with a fellow collector that happens to be near another seller's booth, right? So I've been there where people that have booths and you're, you're like, Oh, uh, you have this card, you know, you're, you're both at the booth and, and you're like, <laughs> you find out the the collector beside you has a card that you want and you're like, Oh, let's make a deal. And I, I know I'm, you know, the people that have the booth are just, they just want you out. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't want you yeah. anywhere near. What do you guys think about that scenario? Uh, selfishly, I have uh, I am guilty of doing that in front of a booth. And I actually... <laughs> no way. Yeah. No deal got done. But we like, you know, it just yeah. you're just having a conversation with the guy next to you. And the next thing you know, is like, hey, you have any like Shea Gilgis Alexander? I'm like, yeah, I got a couple. Right, right. I'll show it, to, show it to you right now. Right. Because I was already about to show it to the dealer or whatever I was whatever that was about to happen. Um, at the time, at first, it felt very, you know, it, it didn't feel like it was anything anything wrong. But as we were continuing our conversation, I realized I felt pretty bad about it. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I do think it's pretty poor. I've done it before, and I'll admit, I think it's pretty poor etiquette to do that. Well, what, what, why did you feel bad about it? Um, because, you know, it's, it's, it's his space. It's the booth space. It's... You know the the dealer right. there is. Were you like putting your boxes and cards on? Their yeah, tables? you're just like you're you're <laughs> you're from the dealers. I could see from the dealer's perspective, you're basically sort of blatantly competing with his products right in front of, like in his space, right? So I think it's it does it is it is. I think I believe it's pretty rude to do that. So yeah, it it would be okay. yeah. I, I classify yeah. it as poor etiquette. I've done it and I I felt bad. Okay. Well, but it's not like think? were you just like near his table or were you like you weren't like putting your cards and products on his no table? no 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 yeah I wouldn't go that far but what ended up happening was we, we it wasn't like hey let me leave my backpack no, yeah, here no. on your table <laughs> oh, while I talk to this guy let me let me cover your cards <laughs> that you're trying to sell <laughs> no 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 we were like just chatting and then I actually kind of like stepped to the side to let other people kind of view his his booth but we were still right there yeah and, that's okay uh, yeah yeah. Yeah, I, I think if I if I if I, feel, if well, I could have done think? it again, I would have asked the guy like, let's just walk way down there, like maybe to the hallway or something. I probably would have done that. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, because a lot of the shows that we go to, especially the bigger ones, they do have like the hallways set up or even like a, a side room where you can go and do your own trades and stuff right. like that. Now, obviously, if you're like using the table space or like <laughs> restricting other people from being able to view this dealer's cards, right? then that's a pretty D-bag move. Like if I was running the table, I'd be like, I would just start swearing and cussing at them and be like, get away. Like you're interfering on my business, right? Yeah. I'd be pretty annoyed. Um, so I think you have to have some common sense. But, I mean, it happens mm-hmm. a lot of times. You'll, you'll be sharing about your cards, and the dealer might have zero interest. And then the guy next to you, like, because, like, tons of times I'll, I'll go to a booth, I'll be, like, looking for baseball, and there's not a lot of baseball cards in our shows. And then the guy next to me is also looking for baseball, and then we'll start chatting up baseball. And, like, obviously we're not going to stand right in front of this guy's booth, but, like, you know, conversations happen, and you kind of pull off to the side like Johnny was saying, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's happened to me before too, where some guy was looking for a card and I happened to have one, and we didn't we didn't strike a deal. But it was kind of like, yeah, I'm I'm with you guys too. Like, you don't put your bags on the on like the actual display case. That's 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 poor etiquette, right? But like, if you're, I guess it's proximity. How close do you need to be, (laughs) or how far do you need to be to make it okay to to do a separate transaction? And I feel like I was, you know, maybe I would say uh, seven, six, seven feet away from the booth. Yeah, you know? that's and fine. They could, they could, they could hear mm. us, obviously, you know, talking about it. But then, you know, the guy was saying, uh, "Guys, can you just get out of here? Like, if you're gonna do, you know, obviously right. he was irked that we're oh, talking wow. about this. And you know, maybe he thought that, oh, this guy was maybe thinking of buying a card in this booth, but now he's talking to me, and we're trying to make a deal, right?" So I could see from that point of view um, why he would get upset. But at the same time, I'm like, at the end of the day, like, relax. <laughs> you know? I'm like, you know, like if you're not impeding on other people coming to your booth, yeah. then, you know, the more trades you make with other collectors, the better it is for the hobby. You know, you could easily come back to the booth if you want to, you know, buy one of their cards or look yeah. for something else. Maybe that trade leads to another trade you know what i mean like yeah yeah so i I, yeah it's it's i guess it's proximity but it's not like the the guy um, at the booth had a like a austin matthews young guns psa 10 and he's like oh it's two thousand dollars and then the guy's like oh that's too expensive and then you like came in you're like hey i have an austin matthews young guns psa 10 for yeah exactly thirteen (laughs) hundred dollars like it's not like you stole a sale or anything like that exactly yeah everyone needs to calm down Yes, good advice. <laughs> All right, um, do you guys have one? Because if you don't, I have one more. <laughs> yeah, I think I have one, and I, and you know, okay. you know, when you go to card shows these days, and and maybe this is less so in, in sort of the local card shows, but the bigger ones. This is certainly just from my experience at the expo. Um, yeah, early in the pandemic is very easy. Like everything was moving, so trades are easy. You know, yada yada. You could literally plunk down like a hundred slabs and a dealer would probably be interested in yeah. 50 of them and you can make a crazy deal like because just everything is moving but now obviously very specific things are moving like it's either ellie de la cruz or Shohei, and it's like dealers are not interested in anything else right 
So I get it. Now trading things like that is, is very, very challenging. It's very difficult. I think one thing that irks me, and I'm, I'm speaking from the buyer's perspective, not the, the dealer's perspective, is the whole like 60% of comps, you know, like how they say I need to eat, you know, like I, I need some money in this. Like I, I get that part. I, I actually perfectly respect that. But let's say yeah. Austin Matthews is, um, like a comp is $1,500, right? A Young Guns. I don't think it is. It is, but let's just say it's $1,500. The dealer will have it at 2000 so way above the comp. And then if you're trying to deal, mm-hmm. they're still wanting the 2000 as a trade. And then they're going to price your trade value at 60 So they're eating twice. They're eating on the difference of the comp <laughs> right. and they're eating on your cards. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. Like, if we're actually going to do, like, a fair deal, bring your product down to, like, a comp value, and then I'll give – I don't mind taking a 60%, 70%, you know, like, a big hit on my cards. I'm okay with that. But, like, at least let's make a fair deal, mm-hmm. right? Like, don't – don't. you're telling me you want to eat, but you're basically eating twice here. You know, like, you're charging me extra on the card, yeah. and you're, like, taking a big percentage of, of a cut, right? So, from a buyer's per- perspective, that's, like – um it's really annoying to deal with. Yeah. Like some of these dealers, I'm like, guys, come on. Like you're blatantly like, I get it. You don't want these cards. I'm fine with that. But like, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it was, it was a bit of a, a pet peeve for me. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see that in a lot of like Facebook groups where someone's like trying to trade a card and they, they put their trade value at like 1.4 X the, the last like whatever the comp is right and i'm yeah. just like and then i'll offer like i'm not offering like a bunch of like base trash cards to try and get up to their card mm. i might be offering like a one-to-one trade or a two-for-one trade and it's like well if you get to inflate your comp to that number i'll inflate my comp the same right and they'll be like, oh, no, no, you're too expensive. It's like, no, we're playing the same game. Like, if you want to <laughs> comp it at both of our comp levels, that's or like the actual comps, that's totally fine. But if you want to comp yours higher, that's you can do that, but I'll do the same multiplier. And then they just get, like, butthurt. And they're like, nah, your card's not even that good. And <laughs> Right. <laughs> So annoyed. Yeah. I'm so annoyed with Facebook marketplaces or Facebook groups and trying to trade with people. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I think my my opinion is you could price whatever you want. You could you could do 1.4 two times the comp, but um, I think what you said at the end, Will, is what I dislike the most. Like, you know, don't have a negative attitude because people, mm. you know, don't want to pay that price you know and and yeah don't don't disparage other people's collections saying oh that's it's not worth that much and i'm like yeah you know your card's not worth that much either so so you know like you don't want to you know just be negative about the whole thing so yeah you know what at the end of the day if they price it if they comp it way too high likely no one's going to buy it anyways so they're going to hold on to that for for a lot longer until they bring their cards down and um I think we're seeing less and less of it now. You know, we definitely saw a lot of it when, like you said, John, we were at the hype. And now that things are kind of crashing down a bit and, you know, market correcting, um, right at the beginning of that phase, people just wanted to get as much as they could back, you know? And now the realization is there for sellers. Like, uh, okay, I got to 
I got to get something back or I'm going to get zero. You know what I mean? Like they're going closer to comps now, fortunately. So yeah, um, I totally understand that situation too. Um, All right, I got one more. This is kind of a creative scenario. I don't know if it ever happens, but I was trying to think of a good one. Okay, so let's say uh, you're an owner of a card store, okay? And you have a case of, let's say, Topps Chrome baseball. And one day, a customer buys a box from that case and gets the case Mm. hit, okay? Do you have a responsibility to notify future customers buying a box from that same case that the case hit was already pulled? Ooh, that's a that's a great scenario. Someone says, "Hey, I want to buy another box of Topps yeah. Chrome," but you know the the case that was is yeah. gone, and there's like a ten bo- like ten boxes, hobby boxes yeah. left. Um, I wouldn't be mad if the owner didn't disclose. I I think that is just a part of being the like. I mean, if you were to ask every owner in that, and I'm sure that scenario has come across quite a bit. Um, they're going to keep their mouth shut and they're going to sell. Obviously, maybe if it was a, a really, really good customer, like I, I've had owners that are like very, very honest, um, mm. which you appreciate. Like if it's like a, a really regular customer that spends a lot of money in the shop, I'm sure they'll be pretty honest with those people. But for like a regular Joe walking in, uh, I'm sure they'll keep their, their mouth, you know, closed. And right. I, I get it. I understand. You know, the, the more I, I thought about this, you know, thinking going back to, uh, like weighing blaster boxes and things like like that. That's been a thing for yeah. forever, right? Even when um, Hyung talked about sure. the 1989 upper deck uh, chasing Ken Griffey, like people knew that it's like, you know the the top the top right quadrant, you know fourth pack down. That's where like the Ken Griffey kind of comes out of, right? Right. And what I'm sad about is when we were kids, I didn't we didn't know that. Like clearly, all of these <laughs> shops knew that. Yeah. And now I feel so mm-hmm. ugly inside that I was buying packs, <laughs> individual packs at $2, like using my, you know, my allowance every time. And the owner knowing the Griffey's gone. Clearly yeah. the Griffey's gone. And this kid is just eating up all of these single packs, like spending his money. And I, I'm just like thinking about going back to those days. And I'm like, man, I must have got ripped off like my entire <laughs> yeah. career as a kid, like just opening these packs. <laughs> Because we didn't buy hobby boxes. We bought single packs, right? So, packs, yeah. yeah the sure. amount of uh, <laughs> times that I must have got ripped off, I, I feel bad for my younger. Too, I feel man. bad for my younger self. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think about that too. It makes me sad. Totally. <laughs> my hope is, and the thing is, my childhood LCS is still in existence. So mm. my hope is that they've always been honest and upright and they didn't want they don't want to risk losing their community by doing stuff like that. So that's my hope, but deep down inside knowing the true nature of humans we got ripped it's off for sure. Yeah, yeah. So for yeah. me like I don't I I I could only buy loose packs when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It's like five bucks yeah. a pack every like, you know, couple weeks with allowance money and whatnot. And looking back, just like you said, John, it's like, oh, I cringe thinking about what I missed out on. And then yeah. I remember like a couple a few months ago, I went to four one games. 
and I, I picked up a hobby mm-hmm. box and then uh, he, he was at the back because it's like an older set and he brought it to the front. He's like, oh, I just had to crack a new uh, case just to get it. And I was like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> okay, give me two boxes then because it's a new case. <laughs> and I was like so, so excited about getting the case it and both hobby boxes, of course, no auto, <laughs> just relic. <laughs> So somebody hit somebody hit the case hit and it wasn't me. So then that makes me think like, oh my god, when I rip, I think we just have to buy cases from now on. <laughs> just exactly. no loose packs, yeah. no loose boxes, just cases, straight, straight, cases. straight cases. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the only way. It's the only way to protect <laughs> ourselves. Hey, uh, all our friends on our WhatsApp group. Guys, we just got to pitch in for the case, yeah, all right, to make it level ground, level playing field. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a, this is a hard one because I understand from a business owner perspective. Like, what are you going to do? Like, not sell those packs or boxes, you know, if you knew the case that was gone, like, you got to still mm. sell them. And there and there could be other hits. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, like, you know, you could get a nice auto. You maybe not get necessarily to get the case hit, but, you know, you could... Unless you're Will, you, you you have a chance to get the, the auto, not the relic, right? So, <laughs> yeah, if you're in the Toronto area, go to the LCS where um, Will gets his stuff. You know the relics are all gone, so yeah, you have a better yeah. chance yeah. of hitting the auto from top series one or two. <laughs> but, but yeah, this is, that's a hard that's one. A one. Um, you know what? If I was a store owner, if I was a store owner, if someone asked me and I I knew that the queso was gone, I would tell them the truth. You know, like. Uh, my conscience would just uh, just eat me and then like you guys i i think about my you know eight nine-year-old self and i, I feel sorry for for that kid <laughs> because we're just like wasting our allowance of money all in one shot getting you know nothing right. of value so that was the best i could think of that was actually really good. those are good those are good i like that i like yeah. this one you should you guys should do this one again yeah let's see what hyung says um <laughs> when, when he comes back on all right uh, let's go into our next segment we're calling over under so we've done this before but if you're new to the pod or you missed it the last time we did this what i'm gonna do is name a card that sold recently like within the past week or two and i was looking at car ladder for some of the information on and ebay as well and I'm going to throw out a dollar amount for that card. And you guess if it's sold for over or under that number. Simply enough, right? So the first one, tw- the 2016 Panini Flawless, Jamal Murray, one of one logo man, rookie patch autos, BGS 9.5, Gentman. Oh, wow. Sold recently, yeah. So the one of one logo man for Jamal Murray is flawless, rookie. I'm going to throw out the number 25,000 mm. over or under that. I'm over. Okay. I am how much 25,000. How much do you think it's over? I'm going to say yeah. 32,000. And I don't know anything about 101 logo man prices, so <laughs> 32,000. 101 is the, always the hardest, yeah. yeah. I feel like it, no it's it's hard to guess over. I feel like the it, the answer is somewhere there, like twenty two thousand or twenty eight thousand. Clark chose that number very specifically. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be really tight. And I'm gonna guess over too. Okay. The correct answer is 
Over $30,000. $30,000. Oh, good one, Will. There you go. Nice. Yeah. You're, cl- you're close, Will. All right. Another basketball one. Second one here. 2018. This guy I've been wrong, dead wrong about. Trey Young. Gold Prism rookie card. PSA 10. Gold Prism. Mm-hmm. Okay. PSA 10. PSA 10. Out of 10. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gold Prism. It's a nice looking card. I'm going to throw out 25000 again. Whoa. It sold recently? Yep. To- wait, sorry. 25000 Yes, is the number. I'm going to... I'm going to... Man, Trey Young taking a beating. I, I'm going to guess under i feel like it was it would have gone for like 17 grand or something surprisingly low mm-hmm. okay i like i like what john's thinking so i'm gonna go with him i was thinking maybe it goes like remarkably low mm. all right so it's sold a psa 10 sold for twenty eight thousand. no way oh wow wow yeah Wow, prison gold, so strong. They can't, they can't quit them. Wow. <laughs> um, actually, it was sold on May of this year, so a little bit longer, but still twenty eight thousand. You know, you're not going to see those sales yep. uh, every day, right? Number to ten. Okay, here we go. Number three. Mike Trout's two thousand nine Bowman Draft picks and prospects uh, autograph card. The the one, the two thousand nine. Right, where he's in his red jersey. PSA ten. Okay. Twelve thousand. Go for it, Will. I'm gonna say lower. Okay. I'll say ten thousand. Yeah. Yeah, I'm under two. Wow, you think Mike Trutz compared to Shohei just crashing? The only angels. That's... Let's not talk about. Can we have an episode where we don't talk about Shohei? I'm like fomoing so hard. Sorry, the next one will be a Shohei card, and that's it. We won't talk about Shohei after that one. Okay. Pick one. So under okay. Shohei versus Shohei. <laughs> okay. Um, so Mike Trust, 2009 Bowman uh, Prospect Auto. PSA 10 sold for 15,240. Oh, damn. So it's over. Terrible yeah. at this game. But We're idiots. It's come down. <laughs> We're complete idiots. It's come down from about 50K at its peak. So it's it's wow. definitely dropped a lot. Sorry, yeah. Mike Trout. I'm not, yeah, I'm not feeling good about my Mike Trout. Well, my Mike Trout does a BGS 9. It's a long-term hold anyways. But yeah, it's been going down. Okay. 2018 Bowman Chrome Shohei Otani rookie card. Base Bowman Chrome 2018 Shohei Otani rookie card. His BGS 10 black label 22,000. Is this the batting image? Over. It is the batting, yes. Bowman Chrome batting image. Number one. Black label. That's it. Base. Black base. Label. Yep. No auto. Oh, it's yep. not an auto? Dude, you know that? No. I, I don't know if you guys recall, but that card, uh, our buddy Andrew, like back when he was first, I first kind of like introduced him back into sports cards. He he immediately went mm-hmm. to Shohei. This is when Shohei was just coming off in- injury. Like Shohei cards were so cheap, and he obviously picked up the exquisite uh, auto. Yeah, 
And he picked up a bunch of riffraff cards, like, you know, pink refractor. And one of the cards he ended up picking up, which I, I thought about at the time, was the Bowman Chrome base PSA 10 batting image. And the batting image at that yeah. time was cheaper than the pitching image. He picked it up. He picked out the PSA oh, wow. 10 for like okay. $50 or $40, $40. And I don't know how much it's worth now, but I remember at the peak, it was like 1500 or something pretty, pretty wild. So how much was it? Did you say? Like at the peak? I yeah. think it went up to like fifteen hundred. Is it higher than that now? Okay. Is this card you're yeah, talking that's about? That's a card, screen, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black label. So you're saying black, black label? 20, and what was the 22, number? Twenty-two thousand. No. Twenty-two thousand. No way. No, it can't no. Be. Yeah, that's under. If if you if it it's if I hear it's over twenty-two, that's got to be the Shohei most. Mania right now, man. Shohei Mania. Uh, under man, under. Wait, That'd that's be just the a most base. absurd that's just a base card. This is just the base. Yeah, nothing. Oh my God. I thought we were talking no. about auto. It's got to be below. It's got to be below. Don't buy the grade, people. Don't buy the grade. <laughs> that would be the most absurd ratio of buying the grade in history. 20,400. Oh, You're right. It's under, but. Oh, my gosh. Even still. I should have said 20,000. I should have said that. Yeah. Why would you buy it for 20,000? That's insane. Oh my God. Wait, what does PSA 10 go for? You guys know, a thousand bucks, eight hundred dollars. That's ridiculous, though. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Is this number right?" And I'm like looking at the cards, like, "No, it's just a base Bowman Chrome in a black label, twenty thousand four hundred at a golden auction, June twenty eighth, which was yesterday." Yeah, crazy. All right, last one for our Canadian hockey fans. The 1979 Wayne Gretzky Opeachy, the iconic 1979 rookie card, is PSA 8. I'm going to throw out 15,000. Oh, I should know this. PSA 8. Let's see what the pop count is. 15,000. Pop count 785. Above. 15,000. Yeah. PSA 8. PSA nine for comparison sold last for uh, hundred fourteen thousand. figures, yeah. I think the PSA eight is probably seventeen, eighteen thousand. I'm guessing. I'm gonna say over. Both yep. over. All right. The correct answer is under thirteen. Oh yeah, we're idiots. Wow. Confirmed. Steal. Yeah. Buy it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like that's still a lot. Thirteen thousand. Dude, for you know, like if you look at the because. The grading on that OPG is so subjective. I have seen, yeah, I've legitimately seen PSA 8s that look better than the PSA 10. Really? Yeah, the okay. PSA 10 is not crispy clean. Like it has some like slight edge issues. And, you know, like I have seen really, really nice PSA 8s. And, and they might have like a, a, like a weird printing smudge that you can't even notice. It just seems like it's a part, you know, some, some of those images are a little bit blurry back in the day. And that kind of goes, yeah. goes against the surface grading. Um, so the edges and the, the corners, they could all be sharp, but then maybe like a weird smudge looking ink print causes it to get an eight. There are some beautiful looking eights out there, man. I will admit. I agree that it's pretty subjective. Like if you had the money <laughs> to just buy PSA eights, would you trying to crack and resubmit? Oh, no, this, I'm this, too this, scared. yeah, the, you know, these older cards, it, it's, it's one of those things where, 
you you feel like PSA is going to want like the whole thing about pop control and whether whether you believe it's like a conspiracy or exactly. not. Exactly. But you, yeah. I bet you, PSA would be you know with a fine tooth comb looking at these cards to make sure they don't get it wrong, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, like I'd, I'd be scared to regrade those cards. That's I, I brought brought up that question for exactly yeah. that point. Like I I doubt PSA eight or PSA would give you a nine or ten unless. Right. Unless it was that right. perfect, certainly not you know? a ten. Like, yeah, yes, yeah. right. right. You, you might actually get a PSA seven or six instead. Uh, more likely to, anyway. All right, that was a hard one, eh? I think yeah. uh, you guys went one for five or something there. But uh, to be <laughs> fair, I tried to I tried to come up with numbers that were close to the actual amount, so it could have gone either way. Um, all right, that's that's your edition of over under this this week. Uh, we'll go on to our final weekly segment we call Pick One. All right, I know, John, you were, uh, you came in a bit late, so you're still thinking of yeah. one. So, Will, do you want to start things off? And yeah. then uh, and then I can go right after. Yeah, so uh, my, uh, my Pick One, let me just pull it up. It's uh, mm-hmm. two of the greatest Brooklyn Nets of all time. Um, I dare say fan favorites of the Nets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're both super influential. Um, they're beloved by not many. We have the 2012 <laughs> Kyrie Irving Prism Sil- Silver Prism PSA uh, okay. 10. Former, former Nets. Oh okay. yeah, former Nets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> forever, yeah. forever in the Nets' hearts, though. And that's fans gotcha. versus the 2009 tops chrome james harden psa 10 the Ooh. base is out of 999 so silver yeah. prism Kyrie irving psa 10 versus the mm-hmm. uh base out of 999 tops chrome psa 10 for james harden the last sold for Kyrie is 1125 and the last sold for the Harden is 1400 So they're kind of around the same number. They sure. are both going to be Hall of Famers. They both have tons of accolades. Um, yeah. Who are you picking? Oh, rough. It's <laughs> a good one. Ah, oh, so unlikable. Yeah. Oh, and the pop's low on both of them. I think it was like 27 for the Kyrie and like 60 for the Harden. Yeah. So super low pop. Right. They're both uh they're both polarizing. I just don't uh I put James Harden disrespectfully or not. Um I put them in the same category as like Russell Westbrook, just like unlikable. They just they just their makeup, they just don't have what it takes, I think, to win. And to, to, even if they're surrounded by winners, I think they're just like, I don't know, like the, the, they're the opposite of chemistry. They're like the disruption of chemistry. <laughs> so <laughs> Kyrie is, you know, you can harp on whatever, all of the, all the things why he's unlikable and he could be also considered locker room poison, but he's one. He can, you know, if he puts it together, if he puts the right mindset, comes with a basketball attitude, I still think he could win. He's, I mean, 
man, he's one of the most talented basketball players people have ever seen, right? Like that's one thing that you could admit. It's just too bad he continues to kind of be in his own head and get in his own way. But I think for me, I'm going to at least pick the guy who's won before and has proven to be a winner. So, and and maybe this is just a bias. Maybe this is, you know, I'm thinking a little bit more PC um, rather than investment. So just strictly on who, I, who I'd rather pick as a player, uh, I'm going to go Kyrie Irving. Wow. Yeah, this is a good one because as a basketball fan, I I like Kyrie's game a lot better. I just find it more exciting. But as a basketball card collector, especially in this market, I'm I'm just off silver prisms. And I know the pop count for that year is pretty low. Like you're saying, well, I just checked 27. You're right. Yeah. So it's low. But that being said, and it's, you know, obviously silver prisms aren't numbered. It's low because of the grade, right? And and I guess, you know, definitely not as much released as in, uh, you know, Luka Doncic's year where there's thousands. So, but still, I, I think in this market, I'm still sticking by my rule. I'm, I'm trying to buy cards that are numbered, serial numbered. Like it's the the scarcity is, you know, not within just the the grading of the card, but the actual, we know there's 999 of the Topps Chrome James Harden rookie card. And, uh, you know, it's 1400 now, but I was looking at the peak. It was over 30K at one point to James Harden, oh, yeah. right? And the peak of Kyrie Irving's Silver Prism is at 12K. And I think, I think the, there's going to be a, there's going to be a certain ceiling for Silver Prisms because it's unnumbered. And I, I don't know if we'll ever get back to the peak. I doubt that. The tops Chrome James Harden will get back to 30k, but I think you know he's he's on his way out in Philly too, right? I don't want to say I just saw it today. Yeah, like yeah. he's in the news now. He could he could go for into another contender, whether it's the Heat, I hear, or you know, no, he's um, gonna bring them down. Well, they're, Kyrie, they're, yeah. <laughs> Kyrie's uh, Kyrie's meeting up so? with the Suns front office. The Suns? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I read today. So, Jeez, we'll see. By the time this comes out, we, we might know where he goes. But um, I'm going with James Harden, number 999. The peak was there a lot higher. And I think, um, you know, if everything breaks right, he wins one at least. Um, and, and yeah, things can uh, things can go up a lot more than the Kyrie Irving Silver Prison. Nice. Yeah. So for me, Kyrie's handles are just, amazing the things he can do on a basketball court yeah just so amazing but he is so unlikable and <laughs> there's like yeah i just i dislike him so much um and then i i dislike panini and it's not numbered yeah. so everything like i'm not even close it's not 1v1 it's there's just one and it's definitely the tops chrome james harden for me um there you go yeah james harden for the win all right right. i'll go next okay you going yeah nice so apologies i'm a little underprepared so i don't have specific cards but we're gonna go battle of the luises he's uh they're both oh this is a this is a classic you you know what's coming We're going, they're both in the top 10 war this year in MLB. So we've talked about number, number, this one, we've talked about Luis Arias. 
He's at 3.5 war. We clearly know what he's doing. Flirting with 400. Uh, Lots of buzz. His card is as high as it's ever been. Versus, you know where it's going? Our hobby sweetheart is like a... I don't know. I can't remember. Will did you, did you say this? Like a like a bad ex girlfriend just never seems to go away. <laughs> Luis Robert Jr. at Luba, at three point yeah. eight WAR. He's actually having a pretty darn good season. Twenty three home runs. He's having a good season. He's having a good season. Yeah. A really bad team. Yeah. yeah. So Arias versus Luis Robert. <laughs> no specific card. Uh, I think yeah. we're let's talk investment. Which one from this day forward? Which is the better investment? Ooh, you know, I'll go first. I just can't quit Lou Bob. I know this is this might be the this could be the wrong answer. It probably is the wrong answer, but you just can't quit Lou Bob. So, yeah, like you know, if Lewis Arias, we talked about this in a previous episode. If he flirts with four hundred this year in terms of investment, he's probably the right play because. Lewis Robert on the really bad Chicago White Sox, you know, even even him performing well, it's getting overshadowed by how upset the Chicago White Sox fans are and and just that team going nowhere fast. So, um, but the potential for mm. Lewis Robert, um, his power speed combo, I, I you know that's home run race. You know the only concern. Yeah, yeah, right. And the the only concern is like the longer we get away from his rookie year, the less right. relevant he gets, right? And and so that's what I'm concerned about. But um, but yeah, I'm 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 gonna go with Lewis Robert one more time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm a I'm a hundred percent giving the wrong answer because I am a hundred percent biased because I am three thousand percent underwater on his cards. <laughs> So I'm definitely going Lewis Robert, you know, like Shohei's like, we're talking about how much FOMO we have in every IG post every night. It's like a new yeah. stat about Shohei, oh. like home runs and strikeouts yeah, and wins, crazy. all this stuff. But Lewis Robert, he's fourth in the league right now with home runs. He's got 23 yeah, bombs he's just behind uh, Pete Alonso, Matt Olson, and Shohei. So he's he's been crushing. He. He deserves a little bit. I know we're all scared, but you know what? Everyone got <laughs> crushed by Shohei after that year when he got injured. Remember, Clark? Yeah. yeah that's when you invested yeah. right after, right? True. Yeah. So everyone was so down on Shohei, but now look at us. We're all just like FOMOing Shohei. You, everyone needs to jump back on the Lewis Robert train <laughs> before you before you have un. Like just so much FOMO, you have to jump back on right now. Uh, I don't know, man. It sounds like I a trap. <laughs> Show is a. I'm unicorn. just looking at these war numbers. Like Luis Robert Jr. is at three point eight. He's fifth. Just to create some more FOMO for Shohei, Acuna, who is the early NL MVP favorite, he's at mm-hmm. four point six, having an amazing season. I don't know if you guys have looked at updated yeah. war numbers, but Shohei is at six point three. Is the season's not is the season not even <laughs> this halfway ridiculous. done? It's insane. Yeah, it's double oh, digit man. for sure this season. All right, so I'm gonna. You know what we were we wanted to we all wanted to say Luis Robert. I'm going <laughs> Luis Robert. Everyone and everyone who is listening is gonna call us an idiot. Um, you know, I, there, there's I'm gonna make one point. Like deep value investor, um, 
when he was on, he talked about he did, he briefly yeah. talked about Luis Robert. Obviously, not in a positive manner, but he made a great point. And he he just said mm-hmm. he's just too old. He's too old to accomplish something like make a right. dent, maybe even like Hall of Fame. It's just it's there's just not enough time. So I think that is one hundred percent true. I I I one I definitely believe in that he's not necessarily a long-term play. But in terms of like investment in the short term, like for me, Arias is on a high, right? Like unless he gets 400, which is very, very tough to do, I think this is the peak of his value. Like this is the hype. As much hype as you can get for somebody like a Luis Arias. Whereas Luis Robert is like, he's a bargain bin right now. Like you could pick up, gold out of 2020 like you could pick those cards up for really cheap right so if you want to throw some money at something very cheap uh, i think luis robert does still have a decent one or two window where his value could certainly bounce back especially if he ends up i don't know going neck and neck with shohei right towards the end of the season for the home run race like he's gonna make some noise right so there's still opportunity and it's it's the the risk reward is is there versus luis arias i think the reward uh, is also there, but I think the percentage of that reward, reward happening is is a lot less. So mathematically, I think even Luis Robert mm. makes sense. And maybe that's just us being idiots trying to salvage our <laughs> salvage our <laughs> Luis Robert. But yeah. All right. Luis Robert sweep. But uh, I'm sure there are listeners out there that are just... Banging their heads like, yeah. when are they going to get off yeah. the Lewis Robert train? Un- unsubscribe. Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> These guys have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> All right. Good one. I like that. Okay. Here we go. Last one. Um, so this, the base auto, Bowman Chrome, first auto, PSA 10, both sold for $1,500. Okay. Uh, the first one is... Julio Rodriguez, remember him? Julio <laughs> Rodriguez. <laughs> kind of, uh, yeah, was the hobby darling before the start of the season, and now he's kind of faded a little bit. But, um, you know, he's still doing decent. But his base auto PSA 10 with the auto grade 10, so it's 10-10, um, sold for 1500 like I said, his 2019 Bowman Chrome. And I'm going to put that up against 2022 Bowman Chrome auto, PSA 1010, so same exact grade of Ellie de la Cruz, who mm. everyone's excited about now. You know, he just hit the cycle recently. I don't know if you saw that that highlight, but um, yeah, base auto also sold for 1500, so exactly the same. And they sold within the past week. Who are you going for? Oh man, okay, I'll go first. Ah, uh, you know what? I was um. I re- you know me I don't I don't like to pick the FOMO pick, the one that's on the high. Mm-hmm. But I will say like, J Rod I was never necessarily on J Rod you know on the podcast like I've never ever saved any of his cards in my eBay search. Um, even watching his highlights, yep. nothing necessarily was that electric it was like he's he's a really really good player he was in the home run derby and he was doing pretty good like it was it was it was watching like a solid player but ellie de la cruz when you're seeing his highlights i don't know man is pretty darn electric man the the height the speed the power (laughs) um maybe it is fomo maybe i'm just like 
drinking like the Ellie de la Cruz juice, but I don't know. He seems as electric as it gets. And I mean, just the fact that the hobby is also agreeing with that fact uh, makes it feel like there could be more to this. Like there could be more to his value. Who knows? Right. Maybe people are sitting here saying like, yeah, actually, I think that's a steal. You know, I think his red auto for whatever it went for. I don't know. You know, it's it's actually a steal. The gold auto out of 50. It's actually a steal at 10 grand or 20 grand or whatever it sells for. So uh, I'm going to completely go on the FOMO train and be like, yeah, I've, I've seen the electricity in the player. And I think that's enough for me to, to be excited about that pick. So Ellie Dela Cruz for me. Okay. Wow. All right. Interesting. I'm having a tough time with Ellie Dela Cruz because I feel like I already saw him in the shape of O'Neill Cruz <laughs> on the pirates. <laughs> and like, I- yeah, like I remember watching O'Neill Cruz highlights last year. Like he's like throwing a hundred across the diamond and hitting these right. rockets, and he's like nine feet tall. And I'm like, oh my god, it's just it's rich man's O'Neill Cruz. Like, <laughs> uh, I think yeah. for me though, yeah, like I can't get behind the hype. I gotta see it for longer, mm. and I'm a little dubious of uh, Cincinnati Reds, like. Mm. I don't think they're relevant. I know they're doing really well this season, pretty much like because of, yeah, yeah, surprisingly, a lot thanks to Ellie De La Cruz. But Julio had a great season last year and took took them to the playoffs. And I think Seattle's uh, a more collectible team. Mm. So I'm going back to J Rod. J Rod. All right. Gonna break the tie. I I wish I had Ellie De La Cruz before he was called up, but but now that he's called up and doing all these great things, yeah. Like I was just checking the stats, so just to give you guys some context, Julio is not having a bad season. I guess it's, it just seems to be more quiet, but he does have 13 home runs, right? Um, 18 stolen bases, and a 2.2 WAR this season. So he's having a decent you know, season. Um, when you have a strong rookie season, you expect a lot. So maybe that's why, right? But um, it's not like he's struggling. And and then you look at Ellie De La Cruz with like a quarter of the at-bats. He already has three home runs. He's batting over 300 and he has nine stolen bases. So half of Julio Rodriguez in a quarter of the time. And, you know, we've seen his highlights already. But And then he's 21. Julio Rodriguez is only 22 as well. So they're pretty much right. the same age. So they're both young guys, but I'm I'm uh, I'm with Will. I'm sticking with J Rod. I think he has what it takes to have a as long as he stays healthy, he could um, have a much longer, more consistent career as a power speed guy. And um, you know, Elliot is so he's so raw. And I he think um, I think uh, you know, like all batters, when the pitchers get more info on him, intel on him. Um, he's going to go through an adjustment period, just like most batters. And I think when he goes through that slump, which I feel like is inevitable, then, you know, I think that's the time to pick him up. But right now, you're you're FOMOing at this point. And uh, at 1,500 for both of them, you know, Julio's come down to 1,500, where Ellie De La Cruz is up. Rocket it up it to 15. Yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm going to stick with J-Rod um, in this case. All right. Another great episode, guys. Uh, thanks again to all our listeners and subscribers, as always. We appreciate your feedback. And, uh, yeah, if you um, enjoyed 
the episode and you haven't given us um, uh, a rating, uh, we appreciate it if you do wherever you listen to your podcast. And uh, we'll have a brand new episode for you this Friday. Thanks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at 5cardguys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at Trade You at Recess. You can also check us out at 5cardguys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.